Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the second ever episode of the Mickey Blog (laughs) Podcast. We are very excited today to have a special guest on our podcast. But before we jump into that, I do want to give a quick and early shout out to our producer, Jesse, for getting engaged. Thank you. That is exciting. (laughs) Yay. So, congrats. In fact, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Jesse got engaged this past weekend, and we're very excited and happy for Aww, her. Thanks, Jared. Uh, <laughs> And we have a very big podcast to go over. It was ironic. We had plans and thoughts for what this episode was going to be. And then some, I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. heard, some minor Disney news dropped. Sunday night. (laughs) And now we we, uh, we pretty much cleared the plate. So we're we're jumping into that. Yeah. I think, Jared, I texted you right away. Like, I know what our episode is this week. Yeah, absolutely. So before we uh, jump into this podcast and get into our guests, Christy, Jesse, how are you guys doing today? We're good. I'm ex- I'm very excited to talk. Yeah, I had a, today. Yeah, I had a super More overwhelming so weekend. So <laughs> I'm great oh, and happy yeah. to be here. We did. Jesse's like, yeah, uh, some stuff happened in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I have to plan a wedding, right. but it's okay. So obviously some big Disney news to go over. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But before that, I do want to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is David Mumpower, who has written over 10 million words about Disney in the past decade and is the author of Disney Demystified, Volume 1 and 2, as well as Behind the Ride. He's the chief content officer at Mickey Blog and co-host of Streaming Into the Void podcast, He is also someone who has been quoted as a subject matter expert in the film industry hundreds of times by sources like USA Today, CNN Money, and so forth, and uh, classifies himself as a Disney fan whose favorite movie is The Sword in the Stone, and whose favorite ride is Spaceship Earth, and is quite the Epcot fan. So, David, thank you very much for joining the podcast Thank you. And for the record, I didn't want any of that to go public. He made me do that. I don't like talking about myself. (laughs) All right. So let's jump right into it. Today's topic, as many of you guys might guess, is all about the massive shift within the Walt Disney Company. Uh, And as we all found out, late Sunday night around 9.45 is when the first Mm -hmm. initial news drops first came out uh bob Iger is officially back in as ceo of the walt disney company bob chapek is out and uh this is massive massive news so right off the bat christy Mm -hmm. jesse uh want to get your guys's initial reactions and then we're gonna we're gonna ask david some questions about the topic because he's pretty well versed on this so christy what was your initial thoughts on such a massive shift and uh news drop yeah, um, I I wasn't surprised. I know the headlines were like shocking news. Um, I wasn't surprised because I always thought there was like a shift. And honestly, in the last few weeks, um, you know, in the I said blogosphere, I heard little mumblings that things were going on within the Disney company. So I was kind of looking for something and waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, I, I was surprised it came out that night. And I was surprised, I was telling you guys earlier that... Um, he just had his contract renewed. So I was more shocked at that news when that came out that the board approved a contract for a three-year extension. I was more shocked about that than this news. Um, but I couldn't sleep. I was like super excited. And right away when I first found out, I didn't know that Iger was stepping in. So of course, I, I, I my mind started to wander to who. And then when I heard Iger, I was like, 
I don't know. But I, I have a lot of theories, which I know we'll get into. But I, I was surprised, but not surprised, Absolutely. if that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was saying a little yeah. bit earlier, I don't know a whole lot about the situation. I kind of tend to avoid that. But when I found out that, you know, the switch was happening, I was like, oh, this is a good thing. I know it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't 100% know why it's a good thing. <laughs> But I was like, ooh, interesting. This is cool. And I knew it was going to be big Disney news. So I'm really excited to be here today to actually learn more about it. Well, that's great because Mm -hmm. we have the right person to talk to about that. So let's jump right into that. David has written several articles on Mickey Blog already on this topic. Uh, Is quite well versed, obviously, in the uh, Disney world uh, just from the past, you know, decades of covering um, the company and right off the bat, I did want to talk and ask you about David. Uh, what was your initial thoughts on the matter? Um, and of course, you know what what does this mean uh, to the to the average Disney fan? What does this mean? Um, uh, and how can people sort of wrap their minds around this? I, I mean, free at last is what it means. Let's be honest, we're all thinking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christy, I, I, did you feel yeah. like relief when the news? I, I did. And honestly, I, um, and it's hard to say, a lot of people obviously haven't been in the presence of Iger and or Chapek. I have, um, at certain media events in 2019 and I didn't get to meet them. Um, but from, even from a distance, like Iger was there, you could just tell his presence. He had, I always say he has that waltz about him. Um, and he was just a happy guy, same kind of way DeMauro is. And I know people have their opinions about him, but his whole persona is like, like what Iger is. Chapek, I remember um, we were at an event at Disney Springs and he had like an entourage of people. He shuffled in last minute, the opening of Galaxy's Edge. He went on stage, did his thing and left right away. And even Iger, I remember, because I waited around, but it was ended up being too long. He took pictures, not just with, fans Mm -hmm. but mostly with cast members so i could tell just by the interactions with cast members and how they rolled in and out of the events um how different they were and i was relieved because i could feel there was has been a shift in the company on so many levels but i feel like you know i was a a disney kid in the 90s and i somewhat remember the eisner era and reading about it. And I feel like it was similar to that where there was a lot of public PR issues where there wasn't with Iger. So one of the articles I I mentioned actually led with the Roy Disney thing, wherein he basically led a revolt Mm -hmm. against Michael Eisner, which is the only reason Mm -hmm. Bob Iger got the job because at the time, and if you've read Bob Iger's autobiography, he's very upfront about this. Nobody wanted him to get that gig. He had to fight tooth Mm-mm, and nail nope. to prove he was the person, and then he had to basically go to jobs and make up with yeah. Pixar, and then eventually buy Pixar because he had to do something that showed he could validate the role he had earned. We're thirty-three months right. into the Chappic thing, and he still hasn't done anything that makes that job his, Mm-mm. which is why he doesn't have a job anymore. And from Disney's perspective, we need to be honest about this. January of 2023 is one of the most important times ever for Disney. And we say that a lot. You know, we made a big deal about the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary. Disneyland has these mm-hmm. milestones as well. But this is the one. It is the centennial celebration for Disney. If we're honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. if Chappic is still at Disney, how many mishaps do you think he should have had during what was an easy win year for Disney? 
every other right. month, right, there would have been something. Do you have any concerns like mm-hmm. that about uh, Iger whatsoever? Bob no. Iger was talking no. about no. running for president. Wow. You don't do that I unless have. you're and an incredibly <laughs> polished person who is engaging and who can right. win any room you're in. Whereas Chappick, mm-hmm. I described him very early on. I think it was the first month he was actually in the job as a wartime consigliere. Because we need to be honest about the timeline here. Yeah. One of the Chinese mm-hmm. Disney parks closed in January of 2020. And Disney was among the first places to know how bad this was going to be. Yeah. Bob Iger suddenly mm-hmm. retired February 25th, 2020. February. Chappick, he's like, all right, see ya. It really was, thanks, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go now. And, you know, you're, always, you're already, yep. I've been hearing this conspiracy theory since day one, legitimately, that Chappick was offered basically money to take the gig. Now, I don't, I don't believe that for any number of reasons, but just that's how suspicious the timing on this is. Yeah. And when you look at what happened mm-hmm. with the situation, Chappick comes into an impossible situation and all he has done the whole time is worried about the balance sheet. And we can say any number of things about Bob Chappick that are negative, and I have a feeling they're about to come out. But he was very, very proficient at his job, and we should never lose sight of that. He is the person who sustained Disney during, you know, a black swan event for the ages. This was the 100 years flood for Disney. It really was. And their balance sheet is good Right. right now. And hilariously, he's been fired because his projections for after the pandemic weren't ambitious enough. It was like, you know, I'm expecting high single digits, eight or nine percent. I'm only going to make 90 million for a company that's never made more than 70 billion before. I'm sorry. I'm only going to make 90 billion for a company that's previous record was 69. And they threw him under the bus for it. Iger is the exact opposite of this, mm-hmm. where he can come in now and he can reset all of the things that were broken, which is, let's be honest, all relationships with Wall Street, all relationships with Hollywood, because the moves Chappick made mm-hmm. were insular. He was like, this is too important. I have to have people I can trust. And you look at everybody you put in power at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and overall running the parks, those were people he had relationship with. Kareem Daniel, who's now no longer with Disney, yeah, was his intern right. at one point. These were the people mm-hmm. he would say, I right. trust these with my life. And that was the only ones he was really willing to work with. And he created a very insular, mm-hmm. almost claustrophobic structure at Disney. And hilariously, outsiders like Warner Brothers right. Discovery have been trying to copy it because the idea is structurally sound, but... You, something that can be great in theory and in a boardroom and in execution, it can be terrible. And you'll notice Iger has already reset several of those structures within yeah. 24 hours. It was oh, like, yes. this is such a bad idea to me. Yes. No hesitation. We're getting rid of all that junk. And I, I joked to Greg Antonelli, who right. uh, is one of the uh, the people who owns this site, I'm not even sure Kareem Daniel brought his laptop to work yesterday because the writing was on the wall so much. You, yeah. You know, yeah. There are like eight yes, people in the yes. company that you're just looking at them and, you know, you're just wondering, is anyone even talking to them right now? And you mentioned Josh tomorrow. That's the most right. interesting one to me. I was going to bring up Josh tomorrow because he has this persona like an Iger 
and I like him. I've met him. Um, but people have said he's like right in Chapex pocket. And that's why they've worked so well together. So I'm interested to see how he is with Iger there. Financial officer, Christine McCarthy, are the two people that I think are going to be the most fascinating ones. Um, McCarthy, I have nothing against her. She should never be handed a microphone. Um, I'm saying that as politely as I can. But some of the things she says, like, hey, people need to lose weight. So we're going to give them smaller portions, which isn't the exact waistlines comment. Right. Especially from a woman, like, you would think, yeah. I, these yeah. are Disney fans. What are you doing? So so here's the thing, though. Interesting. And I, I'm, <laughs> I could read conspiracy theories all day. Not that I believe them all, but I could read them all day. I read that she was the one uh, that led the charge with Chapek being ousted because she heard wow. he was trying to make her the fall person. It for, was, for, I, for I joke yeah. uh, that so. it was Etu Brute, but it really wasn't even that. It was like, you, yes. you know, in Batman, when they have the tryout with the pencil, yeah. it, it was like that. There's two yep. people in the room, and only one of them's leaving, and McCarthy's like, it's going to be me, okay? Wow. That's right. Yes, yep. Um, and then there's also, too, there's, there's people that, Iger, I mean, we could talk about imagineering and moving the into, I mean, that whole situation was a debacle. Um, but uh, what do I want to say? Catherine Powell, like, look at her whole situation. I feel like Chapek essentially blamed her for the rollout of Galaxy's Edge and the way everything went with that. She and I know she was an Iger person and he made it very hard from what we I read for her. So I'm interested to see. I know she's moved on. She's like in charge of Airbnb, but it's just interesting to see how these people who were so good would have played out. We're, we're inevitably going to bring up Peter Rice in this conversation. Peter Rice and Dana Walden have been yeah. working closely mm-hmm. together for an extended period of time. And then one day, suddenly, Rice is out and it's just Walden. And reportedly, the phone call took right. seven minutes. It was that abrupt. And, you know, yeah. in Hollywood, when you fire somebody, you take them out to dinner. You go, oh, I'm sorry. I hope we'll be friends. Yeah. I'll always think of you love Exactly. Right. It's not you. Wow. It's me. This was the absolute opposite. Yeah. This was, I want it to hurt. I'm going to twist this right. knife and I'm going to laugh. Right. Yeah. Which yes. is so undisney. And I'm sure it happens. And I'm sure, I'm sure Iger is a, all about the money, profits over annual passes. But like, you don't, appearance and perception is everything. And. Even with Eisner, there were times people hated him, but look at what he led, the Disney's Renaissance era. He made them public. He he did so many great things that he won the public over so many times. Chapek, I can't think, and I always thought it was me. Like, I thought I was like, I'm. my husband would be like, you're taking this too seriously. Like, go to bed. And I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I can't be the only one that feels this way. As true Disney people know. So he never won us over, not once. And it's, you know, going back to tomorrow too, like, He's such a likable guy from what I've seen. I'm not a cast member. I'm on the outside. I've met him for two seconds. But um, he, I feel like, let's JPEG take, take the fall for so many things that go on in the parks and everything. And I do think JPEG is involved. For, but, you know, Dole Whip goes up and we blame JPEG. And it's like, well, well maybe Josh well, tomorrow I do someone think else. There's a, there's a sense of a blame game when it comes to the general public with yes. all of these Disney executives oh, yeah. and what people do have to understand anybody who understands business knows this that when you have a board mm-hmm. and board members to listen to and you have a stock and a stock price to manage 
it's not always going to be, you know, happy dappy days. Right. And as even though we no. want it to be that no. way, because it is the Walt Disney Company, right. like there's going to be some tough decisions that do have to be made. And I do think, right. you know, this is where I do give Bob Chapek the benefit of the doubt in some regard. I do think he was blamed and, and given a lot of the blame yeah. from the general For public everything. on a lot of stuff. Even when he was in oh, Demaro's spot. Isn't it time. ironic that when yeah. Iger was CEO and Chapek was in Demaro's spot, Chapek would get all the blame. Mm-hmm. But then Demaro is in Chapek's spot and then Chapek's still getting all yes. the blame. Yeah. I find that kind of ironic. I mean, they have to laugh about it. I find that, yeah. It, but because he's not likable. He's just not, I, I don't I, I don't know. And, and I always, I, I wonder, I've been wondering since the news broke Sunday night, like, Okay, what is the timeline? Because what was it, two or three weeks ago? Not even three weeks ago. We, we watched that interview uh, Chapek gave. Was it Street, MSNBC yes. or CNBC? And where he's, okay, Wall Street Journal, where he said adults don't like animated movies. He gave that bogus excuse for Park Pass Reservation System, which I think I, it took all I had not to go on Twitter and start ranting. Because you're, he's like talking about this experience. I was there the two weeks before that interview. Slinky Dog Dash was 200 minutes long. So you can't tell me Park Pass is for guest experience. So there's all these things. But then after Sunday night, I'm like, wait a minute. Did he know what was going on? Because you start to think, like, they had to figure out his contract. But they had to resurrect Iger. They had to, I mean, he that just doesn't happen overnight. It actually apparently did, though. It's not like... I did, I guess. They have, like, a bat bat signal. And Iger comes out of wherever he is. So... Yeah, so you have to wonder, like, was there a probation period? When Chapek started growing his beard, was he like, I don't care anymore, I'm on probation, like, I'm halfway out. So when did this all start? Like, that's the timeline, because he's doing these interviews. He's saying these things that normally, even if you feel that way, like a CEO or just anyone, I wouldn't say if I'm speaking on behalf of the Walt Disney Company, that adults don't like animated movies. So. I know. Yeah. And you did just anybody from did anybody in these was... sorry to cut you off, Christy, but <sighs> does anybody in these Disney no, offices fine. lately, the last few years, get any lessons in PR? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm so confused between the McCarthy waistline comments, between uh, the animated yep. comments, between the handling of the Don't Say Gay Bill, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a little bit. But oh, like, God. Just yep. it feels like one time after another. And this was yeah. JPEG's downfall at the end of the day. And this is what we've yes, already gotten into. And Christy and David have already touched upon. When it comes to Bob Iger, one of his biggest pros, regardless of business, which he was very successful mm-hmm. as Disney CEO on the business side of things in terms of acquisitions and all that. Yeah. But regardless of all that, as Christy has said several times already, it's about how you look at <coughs> the general public. This, this kind of job, yes. it, you have to be looking the right way. I mean, it's kind of, and this is obviously right. a grand comparison, but people often talk about the president of the United States, for example, because there's so many decisions Mm -hmm. that get made through the Congress and the Senate. Half the time, the president, it's all about how you're looking to the general public, how you say things, how you sound, talking as a leader, being a good leader, being -hmm. being from the outside looking in like, oh, okay, that's the leader kind of thing. And a lot of people had issues with JPEG with that. But Moving on here, I did want to ask David because David asked a uh, David sorry wrote an article already for Mickey Blog, which you can go read right now. Um, but 
he got into the worst mistakes that Bob Chapek made as Disney CEO. So I did want to go through, because Kirsty already talked about a timeline. Um, I did want to mm-hmm. go through that a little bit. What what, what can you talk about on that, uh, David? And, and from a timeline perspective, how we got from point A to point B. Basically. Yeah, so we've covered a lot of great <laughs> topics here already. And one of the things I want to emphasize with uh, Chapek, there are just some things you can't control. And one thing he could never control People just don't love him for who yeah. he is. He, mm-hmm. he, and he doesn't care. I don't know if anyone really doesn't care doesn't about care. whether or not, but it, right. it wasn't something he has ever allowed to impact his professionalism. And Correct. The problem he did face, Iger, everyone, respects at a minimum and many people... Revere and I, I remember uh, at the end of March there was something called CNN Plus that came and went in the blog. But Chris oh, Wallace yeah, was did quick. an interview yeah. with uh, Bob Iker and I recapped that. And one of the things that came across there is Chris Wallace, you know, longtime journalist, probably very hard to please. He revered mm-hmm. Bob Iger, revered him, and you know he's trying to be professional. But they're exchanging anecdotes about how they would be in the office at 4 a.m. and they were the only two people there, so they. Communicate over email and whatnot. There was a fondness there. We're not going to have those anecdotes Mm -hmm. about Chappic. And I think that ultimately, once Mm -mm. we became a post pandemic society, his relevance to Disney diminished dramatically. And that's why we're starting to hear these things. And we should be clear here we're recording this on Tuesday morning before Thanksgiving. And so the story is still breaking in a lot of ways. And I was joking about this. The reality Mm -hmm. for me. I actually did the math on this. Uh, I, I got text, started getting texts uh, a few minutes before 10 p.m. And I spent legitimately 16 of the next 24 hours on this. Story, and that's after I take out sleep, showers, <laughs> and all those things. Yeah. So I've read so much about this. And we're still having people getting the story straight, which is what tends to happen. Yeah. The contract info is coming We're out still yep. trying to settle on the one thing he did. And that's, that's kind of how these things work. There's 25 mm-hmm. stories, and eventually the public adopts one, and everybody's yeah. like, yeah, we'll go with that. Right. What we're pretty sure about is that there was a board of directors revolt at some point this summer. And we mentioned Peter Rice, and I, I don't think that's coincidence. Mm-hmm. Without getting into Peter Rice's history, he's very well liked by Rupert Mur- Murdoch because of something his father did to break a union a long, long time ago. And so Peter mm-hmm. Rice is a protected protected person in Hollywood and Wall Street and alike. And in early June, suddenly one day in a seven-minute phone call, he discovered he was fired from Disney with gross prejudice. Wow. And yep. at the time, mm-hmm. we speculated at Mickey Blog, is it possible he was trying to go behind Chappick's back and get his job? Or, inversely, were people feeling him out to see if he was interested? Chappick found out about it and said, it's going to be hard to do that. He's fired. Yeah. So, any of those scenarios yeah. is in play. Right. Three weeks later, Bob Chappick got, which Mickey Blog reported at the time, a lot of the media got wrong. It wasn't really a three-year extension per se. It was a two-year extension and a little bit more mm-hmm. on the contract he already had. Right. Apparently, Correct. those discussions Correct. involved, instead of Chappick, one of the members of the board of the directors actually taking over the role while they tried again on a successor. 
I'm inclined to mm-hmm. believe that story for any number of reasons. And it sounds like Disney's current chairperson of the board, Susan Arnold, was like, no, I feel like this is the wrong move. Yep. We need to support Chappick. And it seems like she was an ardent supporter of Chappick, even over Iger, until such a point that it became polit- politically expedient just to assassinate him. Wow. Yeah. We should say it like it is. Yeah. Like right. Yeah. And I read that Susan Arnold actually reached out to Iger, I think, like Friday evening. Which I find hard to yeah. believe. You're just calling him up and filling him in. There Back had to channel. be, you know, mumblings. But it, she was it's the like one. Right, searches. Right. She you was can't actually call the person because then everyone knows. But you can call a person who knows the person and go, "Hey, right. let's say if the story yeah. that I do believe is that they had not spoken since he left the company, or at least wow. since he had uh, a birthday party. I Correct. forget which one of those dates." But uh, then Friday, suddenly she's going, hey, I'd like to hire you for Disney. And he's saying, yes, please. It obviously broke quickly. Mm -hmm. And the way we know this is you can always tell about media events. And this is always going to just be like the funniest thing. Disney has promoted the stuffing out of Elton John's farewell Disney Plus. Oh, gosh, I love Elton yes. John. Elton John happens to be an Atlanta yeah, Braves fan, which it cracks me up to no end. I Elton do too. John will talk about baseball, and I love that about him. And John mm-hmm. has set up this thing with Disney Plus, and who is going to present him? Bob Chapik. And then he does not Chapik, show yeah. up, and she is correct. The pronunciation is Chapik, and I'm a redneck, and help it. No, it's just, oh, I, I should be more precise. You're right. Don't worry, you don't have to pronounce it too much more no. going forward. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> that doesn't name all that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going into the vault after so this. When he doesn't actually go out and announce Elton John, you're like, what is going on? And it's yeah. that is a one time right. event. And Which, it will always be asterisked with that I weird know. footnote. And it makes you wonder because, again, in my mind, I'm like, this had to be in the works for at least a few months. And then you're like, but they pulled it out from him so quickly. They didn't care about him not being at the Elton John concert. So it's like, were they really planning it? I mean, I I don't don't, think they were until they got the name they wanted. Because let's be honest, they messed up the succession in the first place. Mickey Blog wrote an article. I I mean, I should Mm -hmm. say, I I wrote an article and I need to stop saying me and Mickey Blog synonymously. That's my fault. I was with the company before there was a company, and, you know, it's one of those things that's hard to adapt. Um, I wrote an article, and the gist of it was just – I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You're good. Yeah. Uh, It happens to me all the time. Don't worry about it. Especially in Disney when I'm, like, walking to get a Dole Whip, and I'm like, turkey-like. And where was I going? It's so big. I don't know. Squirrel. Uh, Anyway, we've known for a while that there was this discord, and when you have this sort of uh, frustration with a leader, they're always kind of outside negotiations ensuing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what it was. We had a shockingly well-trafficked article about Kevin Meyer as the potential. Okay, yeah. Oh, and yes, the yes. thing is, if you've that. read Iger's autobiography, and I, I've been a little obsessed about this because I, I think about it a lot. I have. He goes out of his way to mention Kevin Meyer like times. He does. And I thought he, you could tell that, I don't want to say bromance, but you can tell they definitely had a, an excellent and working relationship there are together. There people who report, yeah. and I am inclined to believe them, that Meyer was told mm-hmm. the job was his. And so what I'm pretty sure happened was they were grooming Meyer instead of Chappick. At the end of 2019, Mm -hmm. 
and then suddenly we've got COVID-19. And so the two choices are yeah. a creative who's done so much for Disney or a money guy. Mm-hmm. And the board of directors goes guy, with right. the numbers guy because that was what was the yeah. smart move at the time. Yeah. But if Meyer is the CEO, and we're talking about the question was worst mistakes. The worst one is Chappic allowed his relationship with Iger to deteriorate. We could talk about all the other stuff. Yes. The Scarlett Johansson one actually makes me the maddest because it was so random and avoidable. Um, yes. And I cannot stand mm-hmm. unforced yes. errors that just come out of nowhere. And that, that's what that right. was. But right. uh, everything Chappic did, if he had Iger as an ally and a confidant, he could undo it. But the two men started butting heads, and then it became yes. ego and stubbornness. Yeah. And you don't Public. become CEO of a company yeah. like Disney unless you have an ego, self-confidence, and stubbornness. And so oh, yeah. you got two of them. And some narcissism right. you got also. Two there has butting to be. heads, and suddenly yep. we're in this mess where Iger is like, I cannot believe this moron isn't listening to me. And Chappick's like, didn't you quit? Why are you still here? Right, right. Well, and it's like, it's like, like, I love the Golden Girls. And when I found out that they didn't always get along that Rue and, uh, and Betty were friends and, and it's like, you lose a sense of like the magic in that show. And so when I started to find out, and I think it was because Iger, which I'm shocked that he was even pushed to this point, started saying he basically regretted naming Chapek as their, you're like, (laughs) wow, they don't like each other. Like, now I'm really validated because if Bob Iger doesn't like him, we've been right all along. So that's when and that's the thing. Yeah. Chris knows this, but the chief it's knock on yeah. uh, Chapek coming into the gig was he didn't have a creative backdrop. Now he could argue he was in charge of home video no. and that he had a lot of connections with Hollywood and he'd done a lot of good things, but they were all money and merchandise right. based. Well, wasn't he the one who came yeah. up with the Disney vault? I heard that was I, his I idea. So right yeah. there, creating hysteria. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't definitively know the answer to that. He would have been around yeah, I, a little too late for that, I'm inclined to think, but I'm not 100% sure because he might not have been in charge, but it might not. It might have been his idea. Yeah, so right, uh, right, right. I, I would have to fact check. You're probably right since you're you know saying it right off the top of your head. <laughs> um, but that's kind of chapping for you. You look yeah. at everywhere he went, there was demonstrable mm-hmm. excellence at the job. What there wasn't was people going, oh, yes. my goodness, I can't wait to work with Bob Chappick again. Yeah. And so we're kind of, mm-hmm. when we look at this, Hollywood is so insular. And, you know, everybody always says it's high school. At a high school of Hollywood, Bob Chappick is, you know, the president of the chess club, for lack of terminology, which, you know, I play chess. <laughs> I don't, you know. Yeah, neither do I. I. Uh, he... The things he likes to do aren't ones that most people do. And it makes him hard to right. be approachable and likable. And that's just the mm-hmm. reality of the situation. And so he's a very difficult choice yep. to lead a company like Disney that is 100% personality-based. And Hollywood is just looking around, and every decision he made was a little bit worse. Uh, he started messing with people's money, which mm-hmm. Hollywood rule number one, you don't ever do that. And then yeah. it got worse and worse and worse. And the decisions he made were all defensible. I mean, let's be honest. Um, he didn't have a right. choice with the Disney Plus stuff at the time. Yeah. He really didn't. There wasn't a theatrical. There still isn't theatrical right. the way there once was. And yeah, so, it's true. 
No, I, I, I was talking about that. Um, I think it was after he did the interview for Wall Street. And I, I was sad because my kid, like I was, my, my best friend is a Disney person like me. And so we're 90s Disney kids born and raised. And we are so obsessed and it's so ingrained in us that we are raising our families. We're the families that spin the thousands once yeah. a year minimum to go there to recreate our childhoods and make it for our kids. What makes me nervous is there's so many other aspects of growing up in the 90s with Disney that it wasn't just the parks. It was having actual Disney stores in our mall, not the the ones in Target, real Disney stores. Um, Yes, it was having the Renaissance era of these like, you know, these movies that are still so critical to Disney, Walt Disney Company. Like I hear Circle of Life, I start crying. Uh, Part of your world, I start crying. My kids don't have that. Even going to a theater right now to see a Disney movie, I think the last time we saw one was Onward right before COVID because that's yeah. not even a big thing anymore. Like, I remember seeing The Lion well, King. So, I mean, my Christy, kids don't have that. I mean, when you think about the fact that the one animated film that is really coming out for Disney has gotten practically zero promotion whatsoever in Strange I World. Know, I that's mean, obviously fi- the box right. office change a lot, yeah. but I did want to quickly jump into this. Obviously, we got the foremost uh, expert on the subject with David, who's our special guest, and we got Christy, who's very well versed in the topic as well. But Jesse, as someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to this kind of yeah. stuff and someone who, mm-hmm. who you know, yourself proclaimed uh, tries to stay out of the, the politics of yeah. Disney, what, what is your reaction to all this? And, and is there anything as someone who, who just loves the parks and loves the movies that you've noticed these last few years where you've been like, oh, wow, uh, that's, that's, different. that's different. Like, I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. Like, that's not great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, main thing that Christy just mentioned is the little things going away. So the Disney store is leaving. You don't go to the movies mm-hmm. to see the Disney movies oh, yeah. anymore. And those are main things for me no. that I used to be excited about. I would literally go and search the malls for the Disney store. And just little things like that, you kind of just notice throughout the years that are just disintegrating. And you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, But it is really Mm -hmm. interesting on the flip side of this Mm -hmm. to actually hear you guys speak about the situation. And you guys are so passionate about it. So for me over here, I'm really learning a lot, which is really, really cool for me because I don't know all the theories. Yes, I know people say that there's theories. Um, This happened, that happened. And I'm just like, oh, okay, like, that's great. Um, But I don't actually know. So it's really, really nice to actually learn from you guys today. I appreciate it. Well, beyond yeah. that, David, I did want to get into because uh, we Actually, had before we advance prior. on that, I do want yeah. to say the one thing I've learned in talking about movie box office as long as I have is there's yeah. things I think of as six-year windows. And what that means mm-hmm. is the films of a six-year period are basically someone's middle school and high school. And okay. there's another generation yeah. of it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're talking about the 90s. Mm-hmm. So you're the girl meet, uh, excuse me, you're the boy meets world generation. Yes. And so, you know, yes, you, you look at Disney and there are all these generations. So the most recent one would have been the Frozen generation. And there yep. was a time when Frozen came out that mm-hmm. just like you couldn't go into Disney Park without saying 10 Elsas. Absolutely. That's just the, of the situation. Yes. We had that with Encanto, but we had it differently. And so this it's is very different. And we're going to have to see how they actually adapt with this because I, with streaming into the void, one of the things we talk about is the Nelson streaming ratings each week. Encanto was legitimately the closest thing to Titanic we've had so far on streaming. 
Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, we watch We're it daily. not alone. The, in yeah. those numbers, it was the yeah. number one most streamed thing in movies yeah. for something like 15, 20 weeks. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. like, we're talking four or five months. It is absolutely massive, but it's massive in a mm-hmm. subversive way that people don't understand yet. Whereas Frozen was incredibly overt. And this is the, th- the type of thing we're discussing as we talk about how Disney yeah. adapts into the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. Looking right now because it, it's just different. There aren't Disney stores now. An eight-year-old kid isn't going to finally yeah, go, oh, no. I looking at ShopDisney.com. I mean, I remember that big no. mountain of stuffed no, animals really in the back of my Disney store. So like, big mountain of stuffed animals, like, yes. Um, not animatronics, but like the, the characters and little movie scenes. I remember, all, I remember the glitter in the tile yeah. when you walked in. It's like, it's so ingrained in you. And, and, and going back to Encanto, like, I feel like Disney also slept on that soundtrack. I mean, we don't talk about every day. It's in my head. Like, I just feel like they slept on a lot of that. So yes. that's what the difference is with Iger versus Chappic right there. Mm-hmm. And that personifies it perfectly. When we encapsulate the two, a creative would know oh, Encanto's yes. soundtrack is going to explode. Someone who only cares about numbers would go, oh, look yes. at the streaming. It was number one mm-hmm. with eleven with 1.1 billion minutes straight. No. Those two things are not the same from a merchandising perspective or from a recognition of what's about to be a thing. Yeah. I have had something Chappick doesn't because he's not like us humans. And that's – I'm I not know. even trying to be mean. I, I honestly am not. I, I think we'll look back at Chappick later and go, he really did the mm-hmm. best he could in an impossible situation. Yes. But he did it without making any friends, tons of enemies. Yeah, so many, so like, many what? Yeah. I mean, even Iger, I've read his book. I've taken his master class. He always talks about, like, the first time he saw Cinderella in a movie. That was his first Disney movie. You ne- Like, has Chappick seen a Disney movie? Like, you, you don't have to spill your guts, <laughs> but you have... Chapik doesn't even have Twitter. He doesn't have, and it's funny, like I've seen people in recent days too, like they've tweeted Iger the last few years and like sometimes he'll like it, he'll retweet it, he'll comment like, I don't work for Disney anymore, but here, so it's like you don't have, and in a world where celebrities are so accessible with, with social media, CEOs are, look at Zuckerberg, look at Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk is tweet, tweeting all day, whether you like him or not, he's accessible. Yeah. And it's like, even Jeff Bezos, for Chapek to not be, and that's just, that's him in person. Like I said, I've seen him at events. He's not accessible in person or social media. And social media is huge. So, yeah. Yes. One is an introvert and one is an extrovert. And we've learned it is extremely mm-hmm. challenging for an introvert to lead Disney. Absolutely. Um, Jared, it seems like you've been Sorry, wanting Jared. to ask something for a while. So we, we apologize. <laughs> we like each other too much and we're... Folks, I can tell you, I've been with you know Mickey Block five years. You're wondering right now if this gig is as good as you think it is. I can tell you, yes, yes. this is Disney filled to dreams. It's always going to oh, be yeah. like, okay, it is, it is. We're we're always filled with lots to say about the subject matter. Uh, but I did want to I did want to jump into the main thing I wanted to ask, uh, and this is obviously for David, but general to Jesse and Christy mm. as well. Is is looking forward because we spent so much time talking about. Uh, Bob Chapek already, yeah. but I do think yes. we should talk a bit on on Iger himself and and the future here because he does have a two year contract signed up. 
he had a 15 year run and as the mm-hmm. uh, self he's a big star, star wars, wars expert on the podcast <laughs> that involves some pretty big Mm-hmm. He is, and it involves some pretty big purchases, such as Star yeah. Wars, uh, during his 15-year tenor, which David already touched upon a little bit. But what are some things uh, beyond the most pressing problems, which David has already written a piece on that, what are some of the things that uh, we should look forward to and expect here moving forward with Bob Iger? What What are some stuff, what, what should we expect, like what's first on his agenda or... What should we expect in this? Because in reality, right. it's not a huge window, two-year window. Yeah. What should we expect to happen here and uh, look forward to? So let's summarize several things at once here. First of all, I'm not a Star Wars guy, which is fine, but I am <laughs> an Indiana Jones person through and through. Yep, and, there you, you go. Know, when you look at that Raiders yep. of the Lost Ark poster, it fundamentally makes me happy. And that's the thing about Iger. Right. He didn't see Lucasfilm mm-hmm. as just Star Wars. He saw any number of opportunities. It will eventually be an Indiana Jones TV series. We're going Willow. to see other things like this in each of his projects where he gets the value mm-hmm. of brands in a way Chappick just didn't. And I... When we talk about Iger only having I know. two years, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. He only messed up succession so many times. And, and I just keep thinking about mm. some people don't like to retire. I mean, I'm never going to retire because I'm a writer. And just yeah, the reality right. is I'm always going to find stuff I want to talk about. Absolutely. Um, Iger's last day on the job, as insane as this is, was New Year's Eve 2021. Folks, it's not even Thanksgiving 2022, and he already Look gave at up Tom Brady. I mean, he yeah. was so, home with his kids for a month, he, and he's like, mm, I'm back, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can make a lot of jokes about that. Um, <laughs> um, but the gist is, we've right. got a pretty good idea that Iger didn't want to leave and that he didn't believe. So I'm kind of looking at what happens next. There are a couple of people, if Disney brought in, I would more likely believe mm-hmm. that Iger was only here for two years. And those names I'm going to mm-hmm. start with are Thomas Staggs yes. and Kevin Meyer. Should have been Kevin Meyer. I think we all recognize that now. Um, maybe it would have worked out just mm-hmm. as badly because Disney needed a money person and that's not really Meyer's forte. Right, so we don't, right. they might, just might not have had a good option, but Iger had legitimately eight years right. to find a successor and didn't. And, you know, we can talk about how great he is, but, you know, succession is a part of mm-hmm. corporate America, and he felt that. That is the worst thing he has done thus far. So if he brings in one of those two, it would be notable because both of them were perceived as his successor. Yeah. And they have gone on to do massive things. People don't know what Candle Media is, uh, but I know Candle Coco Media Melon. bought Coco Melon, and if yeah, child... Yep. Coco Melon is yep. Disney without the Disney name yet. So maybe Disney has a look at Candle Media and says, hey, I could set you up to be the next uh, CEO of Disney, and I could do what I love best right. as Bob right. Iger. I could acquire something. Yeah. yeah. And that is his skill set. So, you know, he's bought Marvel, Fox. he's bought Star Wars, he has bought Pixar, Lucasfilm, yes, yes it Fox. Is. Yes. And Fox was his, his legacy, his masterstroke. And yep. We need to look at the numbers of this. I know it's boring, but. Fox costs them more than $71 billion. As of right now, Disney's debt is only $48 billion. And when I'm saying $48 billion, considering the Fox acquisition went through in 2019 yes. and there was yep. a pandemic that crippled all phases of Disney, yeah, that's 
pretty impressive. So that's why I'm saying Chappick did what a wartime consigliere is put supposed to do. He won Maybe, the war. I mean, because we went, not that it's the same, yes. but we sold our house during COVID, and it was right when COVID started. And we, if we had held on to it, we would have made double the money. But we were so scared at that time because, oh, I mean, yeah. we went from two weeks to slow the spread to, like, our kids are our pets' heads are falling off. So we sold right away. We were so uncertain, and maybe Disney was yeah. uncertain. I mean, they had to close their parks and resorts across the globe. So they've never had that. So I think, you know, there were some concerns, and maybe that's why the financial person came in. That's right. Oh, I think that if, if, if I'm the board mm-hmm. of directors, I hate saying it. I do. I know that people want to just, Chappick's terrible, Chappick's terrible. Thank God he's gone. Mm-hmm. What he, they needed him to do, he did do. Which goes back to your conspiracy theory that you crushed heard, that most, maybe he was just one. brought in for, for this. And is okay kind of being the fall guy kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually what I was about to think about. The reason, the main reason I don't, I don't believe that is because apparently Chappick's uh, termination <laughs> was true. basically, you're fired, you're out, I agree yeah. with him, we'll even have our I'm lawyers call down. your lawyers. It was, like, they it, gave him no chance to talk. PR released that statement. Right. Like, hey, was... he's, he's done. Yeah. Plus, get yes, out. Plus, yes. uh, we're changing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what's I think what's interesting is so looking towards That's the right. future. Yeah. So, like, and everybody talks about. G- I could rant about Genie Plus. Unfortunately, those things are here to stay. That's here to stay. Park pass reservation. I don't think Iger's going to change any of that. Prices yeah. are not going to go down. I don't think. You think so? I disagree with you on one point. I, I mean, I hope it goes. Pass could be an easy win I, for Iger. I hope so too. I'm not saying will, but this is kind of the calculus we've oh, got yeah. right now. When you look at all the things people hate about Chappie and Disney right now, what are the uh, easy park wins for Iger? And that's yes, please, because two o'clock. Please. Yes. What is the reason? Please. Even if it's yes, that is not, insane. even if it's not the truth, I want to hear the reason for that still. True. Okay. Yeah. It's yep. staffing. Yep. It's staffing. That's it's all it is. That's all it is. And that's the other thing. I, I mean, that's no. Iger's not working in, walking into a dream situation here because, you know, Chappick had just done his labor force of three, his task right, force right. of three that we're going to decide Which, recessions he was the and layoffs. Crazy. Yeah. Disney <laughs> needs more people. They do. Right. Disney needs more people right now. And so mm-hmm. how are they going to afford that? There's all kinds of finances. But just – Analytically, the easy ones are what I think Iger should take. Yes. I think he should bring back Magical Express. Magical Express died because Mm -hmm. Mir's transportation collapsed. You know, let's say that for what it is. They laid off 90% of their staff. Why would Disney keep paying them at that spot? Yeah, right. It's a perfectly justifiable decision. But now, down the line, they've got experienced drivers again. Disney needs to bring that back. I mean, um, traveling, me, I, we're in Connecticut. Yeah, I have, I, I have I mean, a family of in, five. But, but so, me, like, yes, Mirrors is great. Loss. But uh, Magical Express, and forget how great it was that it brought you to the resort. That's where our trip started as a family. We got off at Orlando. We sat, we watched the little movies with the characters. That that was the experience. It started right there. It's a like, part my of the kids experience. love Magical Express. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't, yeah. I know, I oh, know. Chris and I, I can just talk to each other for like He's a Star Wars guy. Um, so I think he's going to put some love into both Galaxy's Edge. I think that he's going to give a little more to Walt Disney World because I think we need a Mando and a Grogu. Um, and I also, um, I've, I think yes. I told Jared, 
I know. Um, I told Jared before. Don't get me started I, on Star when, Wars. When Rise of Resistance opened, <laughs> I got to interview a few of the Imagineers, and they told me there's enough room at Walt Disney World for another, a third attraction at Galaxy's Edge. So, and you talk about attractions, and I, I saw this funny wow. meme um, that Iger just came in because he wants the cast member preview of Tron Coaster uh, whenever that opens. So, like, I think we need, we, I mean, let's be real. Universal is opening an entire theme park, what, next summer down the road, which, by the way. I know. A very impressive, because as a mom, a very I, impressive my, one. My, very I have impressive. three boys, and they could be girls too, but seven and nine-year-olds are into Super Mario. They're into their Nintendo Switches. So where Universal, yes, How to Train a Dragon, when Universal didn't have that family draw, now they do. Now they're playing into the little kids. So Disney has, and it's like yeah. not a concern to them. And you think about D23. So like with things going on with Chapek at D23, because look how like we might build an Encanto village behind Thunder Mountain. We might. I mean, yes. Demoral, Demoral was doing that. And I was like, I feel bad for this guy because he's either like not reading the room and believes this is a good thing. Uh, that, it was insane. That to me was hilarious. Christy and I were texting each other. Yeah. So, I misunderstood it at first. I, I, I yeah. you know, I was watching it on YouTube and I, yeah. I didn't realize how much they were hedging. And so like I'll literally, it was a it, live like, brainstorming oh, session, and you're like, "Should I be being getting paid for this? I'm watching <laughs> yeah. it. Like, what's yeah. happening?" Yeah. But what you're saying ties into the discussion topic that Jared offered here, and that is. What's Iger been doing since he's been gone with mm -hmm. Disney? He said he was collecting companies. That was his, his comment. And he has mainly been speaking mm -hmm. yes. with people about Web yep. 3.0, which is also a Disney initiative. And one of the most undervalued things, I actually have said this in an article, and I honestly don't know what's gone live and what hasn't yet. But I, I, something I said was I wouldn't be surprised if Iger looked at a video game holding company, somebody who owns the mm -hmm. licensing rights yeah. for that sort of thing. Because cool. we've reached a point where... Mm -hmm. TV and movies are overvalued, and so you start looking at what in the marketplace is undervalued. And, you know, I'm a Resident Evil guy, I'm a Halo guy, I'm a Destiny guy. There are video games I love that would lend themselves well to storytelling. We're starting to see this. The most popular show on Paramount yeah. Plus is Halo, and that's amazing because it's a terrible show. It's objectively a bad show. But right. people love Halo so much they don't care. I think Iger is going to look for opportunities like that, for stuff like Cocomelon yep. that has built-in audiences, but the kind of audiences that haven't right. been monetized yet the way Disney could. Because people have forgotten mm -hmm. how controversial yes. the Marvel purchase was at the time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Including yeah. All yes. of the Star Wars purchase is still controversial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, only that's, people that's, don't know what they're talking about. That was, that was money from day one. But 100%. anyway. Um, the day that article came out, you could not find many people saying this was a good idea because we were only 10 years removed from Marvel being in bankruptcy and people still didn't understand the value of right. the universe in movies. And now everybody is trying mm -hmm. to copy that stuff because Iger saw it first. You can do the same thing with other undervalued IPs. And the other thing... I almost hesitate to mention it. There was a really weird story the other day. Christy, I don't know yes, if you saw it or not, Disney about was opening another park or this? something. Yeah. Yes, apparently there's no truth to it whatsoever, but the reporter right. in Malaysia was very well sourced. And it, it almost <laughs> seemed like the government was trying yeah. to leak the story to pressure Disney to do it. 
International park expansion is a huge part of Disney's future because right now, whenever you look at the earnings reports for Disney Plus, one of the things they always mention is our average revenue per user. And that number isn't as good as Wall Street wants. And the reason why is they've mm -hmm. prioritized the Indian market with something called Hotstar. And uh, I know a comical <laughs> amount about, about the sport of cricket and its media numbers because of this, because it has become legitimately important to Disney's bottom line. They just spent $3 billion on cricket rights and didn't even get the ones they wanted, by the way. That's, that's how much that is. So that is an exploding marketplace. New theme parks in international markets, yeah. generally the government will subsidize. And that's the kind of thing Disney is looking for where they don't have to foot the entire bill because... If Star Wars Land costs a billion dollars, uh, what do you think I hope, lies well, beyond I hope Big Thunder Mountain? Well, I nothing lies beyond Big Thunder Mountain, oh, yeah. but I'll, I'll save that for a rainy day, that combo. <laughs> <laughs> I saw another meme, yeah, by the way, that was like, Thunder lies Mountain, behind Thunder mark. Mountain online, and it was uh, Bob Iger's head, like, face in the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> well... Well, what's interesting too, uh, and I just want to, because David is a is a movie guy, and as a fellow movie guy, I also want to jump a little bit into that before we conclude our conversation, because uh, in just three weeks from this podcast, one of the biggest films mm -hmm. in the history of cinema is releasing, and that's the Avatar sequel, yep. and that sequel is yeah. actually a Fox franchise film that was acquired. And mm -hmm. James Cameron, yeah, he is. Dave, I love Avatar. Iger yes. not yes. just likes Avatar. Iger is a James Cameron person. He, he's mm -hmm. he's close with Cameron and always had a good relationship with Cameron. So the the trajectory of the mm -hmm. box office in general a lot kind of comes down to the performance of this film. And you know there was a lot of jokes I was seeing out there on the internet about how <laughs> like. I actually think that Iger came back because uh, Chapek told Cameron that Avatar yeah, 2 has probably, to come out yep, on Disney yep, Plus 45 yep. days after release. <laughs> yep. And James Cameron just called up Iger and that was it. So it, it's ironic, mm -hmm. but it, Iger has so many ties to the film side of the business. And it's a huge mm -hmm. and huge important part of the business. Yeah. Yes. And whether whether we want to talk about it or not, too, we've talked so oh, much yeah. about the parks, but movies is a huge factor here, is it not, David? Chappick targeted two people during his regime, two groups, mm -hmm. I should say, and that is Wall Street and Hollywood, and he ma managed to alienate both of them, which is kind of incredible right. when you think about it for a Disney CEO. Iger is the opposite of that. Now, you're mentioning Avatar 2 in particular, and that is a challenging conversation because, for no apparent reason, because this is what he does, James Cameron just came out and said <laughs> it needs to be one of the five most successful films ever to earn a profit. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you... Putting no. Disney in a negative position just from not a good PR <laughs> move. <laughs> if the film doesn't make two mm -hmm. two billion dollars now, it's mm -hmm. it's now a financial bust to many people. And let's be honest, there's only one film that has approached that since 2019, and that was oh, Spider Man. And I don't think any of us legitimately expect huh? <laughs> Oh yes, yes you should. So um, yeah. he has managed to be yes. affable and hasn't let it go to his head. And that's what always right. scares Jared's me got about some young stars who get it too fast. But no, 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 <laughs> shaking his pen. No, I was just going to say because what David uh, was trying to say is that uh, most people don't legitimately right. think Avatar Two is going to come close to Spider Man No Way Home. Well, the big factor here, David, with that that mm -hmm. I do think it actually could is China. 
because No Way Home was not released in China. Yeah. And the majority of films this year were not released wow. in China. Uh, Multiverse of Madness didn't mm-hmm. make a billion dollars. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder didn't make a billion. Wakanda Forever is not projected to make a billion. I will say I don't know Multiverse why... of Madness was at least close. I mean, you It know. was close. The but thing, I, And right. I don't know why a the billion is now in the film industry, the new, like, you have yeah. to hit. I mean, there's only been yeah. 51 films in the history of cinema to make a billion dollars. So, by no means is Multiverse of Madness A lot of the things you complain about about box million. office are my, yeah. me and my people's fault, so I'm sorry for that. Um. <laughs> hey, it's okay. But I'm just saying that if James Cameron and if the Avatar team secures a China release, then I do think it has a shot because the first film made over $700 million in China. Yeah. That's so very it, good it's one of those things. It, it's one of those things where I do think, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't know how we got too off the rails with Avatar, but I'm just saying that Iger yes, he does. cultivates very important Even the, relationships the, within the film industry. It's right. a huge reason why Marvel was acquired, Pixar was acquired, Star Wars was acquired, Fox was acquired. So Even it's interesting and it's going to be I mean, something to the, look out for these next few years. He was the only one to find out that Steve Jobs, from Steve himself, that he was it was terminal this time. Like He makes these, these relationships. And with Fox, you yeah. know, I think we all know where Iger stands politically and he fox is murdoch is republican and he played to that so in this climate when you can win over someone on the political other i mean he just has that ability across the board that is correct and just uh, tying a lot of things together at once history has repeated itself twice with james cameron where everyone thought titanic was going to bomb and then it became titanic yeah and I still remember people thinking that the Sherlock Holmes sequel <laughs> was going to do better than Avatar. Yeah. You look at the box office for him, you can't miss by more than that. But it made sense at the time because there wasn't positive buzz for Avatar. What Bob Iger can do is he can go to James Cameron and he can say, I'm going to make four Avatar right. films that will make you happy as a creator. Yeah. And I cannot undersell how important that is. I'll tell you, one of the reasons I love working for uh, Mickey Blog is when I text Greg and I say, hey, yes. I'd like to do this, he goes, that sounds great, go nuts. Yes. Yeah. The people who are the best leaders understand the mm-hmm. fact that you have to empower your people and you have to trust yeah. them to be good at their jobs. Bob Chappick's yes. principal failure was delegation. He only yeah. trusted a very minute percentage of his yeah. staff and it enraged many other people. And so we're also talking about how long Iger is here. And I want to emphasize, <laughs> Iger went and got Alan Horn when another right. studio thought Alan Horn was too old. And they basically have a much better Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe and several other stories to show for that move. Oh, yeah. It wasn't always perfect. There's some John Carters in there as well. But overall, it was a great thing. Alan Horn isn't at Disney now because he's 79 and Chappick thought he was too close to Iger. If Iger right. is still there, Alan Horn is still there. Alan Horn was mm-hmm. fine working there at 77. I, I do think too. Iger is going to be here more than two years. The only thing that's going to change my mind is if he brings in one of his lieutenants mm-hmm. immediately as, you know, maybe not immediately, but at some point in the next year, yes. because it will take a year yeah. to teach somebody right now. Mm-hmm. I keep using the runway analogy. He has just bought a lot more runway for Disney, but they need it because there's a lot of bad. And, to a larger point, yes. what Disney needs to bring back is customer service. Um, I, I was sitting on a plane trying to do Disney Genie Plus on my most recent flight, 
and I couldn't get anyone to respond. Mm-hmm. It was 25 minutes before takeout, and I, you know, yeah, it's terrible. Window, and I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting. Yeah. And, waiting. and I think <laughs> oh, cast yeah. members are born in a manger. I mean, I am someone who is loath yeah. to criticize them. Thank you so much, yeah. Jesse, for everything you do. Of course. I mean, seriously. And so mm-hmm. just watching the degradation in quality. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, I mentioned even the, you know, you know Imagineer, the campus <laughs> movie, that alone. And these are the core of your company, our Imagineer. The amount of knowledge like, we They are the core. Like, they are what Walt yeah. was. They are Walt right mm-hmm. now. So, like, to do... I know. We Don't get do me started on losing Joe Rody, yeah. but that's another topic. Yeah. There may be an article yeah. on Mickey blog right now where I say that exact thing. The yeah. knowledge base of Imagineers is the treasure yeah. trove, and it is the backbone of everything. When Disneyland yes. was made, yes. it was on the backs of WED Enterprises. When Disney dominated the 1964 New York World's Fair, it's because everybody said, yes. we can't do as yeah. well as the Imagineers can. Yeah. Yes, he comes to them yep. a year before the show and just says, we've totally blown this. We have totally blown this. Save us, Disney Imagineers. Bob Chappick says, yeah, and I never out, really liked those guys. Like, Move to Florida or you don't I, have I, a We could do a whole episode about that because, and and we should. We should. I'm we, calling we it might at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David David will absolutely be back in the future because this was an amazing episode. And I think David really added a lot uh, but overall, before we wrap things completely up, I do want to touch on everybody's final thoughts on this entire transition. Uh, what are your main emotions and feelings about this whole thing as we move forward, uh, when it, both when it comes to Iger, but also when it comes to, obviously, um, Don't let the know, IP Bob hit Jay you Jay on the way out. No longer being around. Him, so. um, I think I just, I'm hopeful again. <laughs> and um, it's so funny because we talk about it like, we it like Disney is our company, but that is how we've been brought up. That's how we've been made to feel by CEOs, by cast members, by everyone. So yeah. for a while we have felt isolated and we have felt that coldness. And this is just me, a, a mom living in Connecticut. Okay. So I can only imagine what it was like to work there under him. Um, so I'm hopeful and I feel yeah. like there's like a rebirth, like it's our new chapter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually David. most interested to hear Jesse's answer. Me? Um, yeah, so I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what's to come. Um, I really mm. want to see all the changes. I'm hoping that they do get yeah. rid of park hopping at 2 o'clock and the park reservations. Just the mm. little simple things I'll be excited about. It doesn't have to be anything major, um, but just yes. enough to make life simpler again because life has been so complicated recently that yeah. you, just, you want yes. those simple yes. things back. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> Yeah. I think back to a time in 2020 when I was at the parks during the pandemic. Yeah. And a cast member in a mask basically was like an elephant to me. She's, you know, I'm, I'm a huge guy. I'm 6'2, 225. Okay. And she's using her shoulder to bull me. And I can't figure out what's happening right now because it's never happened before. And she's trying to tell me that I need to go to a different spot to actually stand in the line for Flight of Passage. It was 100% my fault. I was in line. But Mm -hmm. she had just given up on communication at that point and was just shoving people around. And I've thought about that so many times over the last couple of years. Just we have positioned cast members to fail so often and so Mm -hmm. excusably with these policies. These policies are impossible to defend on a street level. Yes. It might make sense in a boardroom, but when you're mm-hmm. actually trying to do and them your in guests practice, are noticing and the cast members probably hate it. 
Yes. Yep. And getting angry. There are all these stories about, you know, people trying to bring weapons to Disney and people doing all these insane things at Disney. I'm not saying that stuff didn't happen before the pandemic in Chappic, Mm -hmm. but I am saying it definitely escalated dramatically. And I think a lot of it is just people have been so frustrated in so many ways. And so just relief. I had the people we actually went to Disney with a couple of weeks ago uh, called me last night about this. And the thing she said was she was surprised by my comments when I said I was relieved because she thought I was so neutral about <laughs> Chappic, she thought I might have secretly liked him. Yeah. And first of all, right. you that made me feel good biased. because the point when you're doing these things, you have to be yes. as neutral yeah. as possible. But, you know, we're talking about something Jared said earlier today has kind of resonated with me, and I, I've meant to say this. In my introduction, I made sure to tell you what my favorite ride was and what my favorite Disney movie was. And then you pointed out the fact we don't right. know these things about Chappie. I know. Yeah. Simple things. <sighs> kind of yes. Be a Disney fan if you're going to run Disney because Disney mm-hmm. fans care and they need to yeah. know you care on that level. I'm not saying yeah. you have to love the Sword and Stone right. as much as I do or Star Wars <laughs> as much as Jared does. I fully understand. Everyone has degrees and they're, they're different properties. I mean, you know, you can only see like a very small part of my room right now, but there's <laughs> 75 little Stitch movie. things very right underrated. here. That's oh, how I love it. that. Yes. 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 My yes. favorite Disney movie of the 2000s, legitimately. Oh, um, that's awesome. And, you know, you look mm-hmm. at things like this and I just yeah. don't think Chapek was ever going to get that. And so mm-hmm. it just feels like we get a redo. And, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. society has pretended like the pandemic has never happened. We just kind of all agreed, let's just forget about it and move on with our lives. Right. I feel like that's what's going to happen with Disney now that JPEG mm. is gone and Iger is back. We've got yeah. a clean start. You said a reboot, a refresh. That's, that's yeah. what we're looking at right now. And I'm just so happy. I don't have to <laughs> fear looking at my yeah. texts to think, oh, no, what now yeah yeah and i and i think you you really said it best there david for me i just feel a sense of you know very similar relief and also a lot of hope to be honest yeah. uh for the future because that was oh, something bob Iger, even in his email in his first little announcement yes. talked about bringing that's a storyteller right back. there yeah. that, that's a that's a big members. word yep. to use you know absolutely yes. exactly and, and frankly, for me, um, beyond the parks, which I do think there are mm-hmm. very quick things he can do to make fans love him very yeah. quickly when it comes to the parks, whether it is, you know, uh, reservation yes. systems, park hopping hours, Magical Express, those are, those are quick things. Those are quick things he can do. But for me, as a mm-hmm. movie lover, yeah. I'm very excited to have him back because of the movie side of the business, because yeah. I knew he was truly appalled mm-hmm. about the Scarlett Johansson situation. I know that he has not he's got to not be right. thrilled about the way lots of these properties have mm-hmm. been handled yeah. both on Disney Plus and on the film side of things. I mean, there's a lot of issues here and I'm just really looking forward to that in general. Yay, but thank, thank you. you so much David for yes, joining our podcast today. Uh we we really want to just thank you uh, and if you guys want to check out more of David's work, please go over to Mickey blog. You can find David's profile over there and you can search and see any one of his articles. He's already written several on this <laughs> situation and I have a good feeling he has not done quite yet. Uh, but one regardless, point, the other night I had six different word files. Yeah. Open. I was just writing a paragraph in each one. As ah. the address came. 
That's awesome. But I do, before we wrap up, I do want to mention to our listeners that this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They mm-hmm. are a platinum earmarked mm-hmm. by Disney service and are always 100% free. If you They're need amazing. help planning your Disney vacation, please reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation. That's mickeytravels.com making magic one vacation at a time uh but thank you so much again david for being a part of this show i think we all can agree we both learned a lot had a lot of fun and i have no doubt this (laughs) will not be the last time we have david on this podcast as long as he wants to come hang out with us again let me just say (laughs) thank you to have the three of you on board just i've told greg this multiple times you can just tell we're on the rise and the three of you are just vital to that so thank you thank you uh that's very kind of you uh we all really love what we do and honestly just to conclude um from my perspective one of the things that stuck with me that david just said a a few minutes ago was how you have to be a fan first and for all four of us doing what we do which is work in disney media um, whether it's Jesse and and I in you know on the ground more in parks reporting or Christy who manages social media pages and and now all three of us being a part of a podcast yeah. and David being a writer, um, it, it's it's obviously a very special job to have. But before we can ever be good at this stuff, mm-hmm. we do have to be a fan, yeah. and I think that's very important. So just like the Disney CEO, um, I do believe that working in Disney media. In some regards, it doesn't just yeah. help yeah. to be a Disney fan. It's almost vital to the it job. Is. So so thank you all Yay. so much for tuning in to Nothing the second ever now, episode yes. of the Mickey Blog Podcast. Yeah. We greatly... Nothing can stop this Exactly. Now. We're on a roll, <laughs> and we greatly appreciate all of your guys' support. We had over 150 downloads on our first episode, Ooh. and we truly appreciate that. If you want to check us out, of course, check out our site over on the Podbean side. But you can also check us out on multiple platforms, including YouTube, if you want to look at us and see our pretty faces. <laughs> see your Raiders so, poster behind you. <laughs> yeah, see my see that Indiana Jones poster <laughs> we're chatting about. But thank you all so much. And please tune in next time to the Mickey Blog Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you for having me on.